This episode is brought to you by Stringjoy, Nashville's boutique guitar string manufacturer. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that there is a lot more string brands out there than there is string manufacturers. But Stringjoy winds their own strings one at a time in their shop here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. Stringjoy isn't about gimmicks or hype. They're just dedicated to crafting the highest quality sets of electric, acoustic, and bass strings possible. And I should know because I've actually got sets on two of my guitars right now, and I love them. That's awesome. For more information about Stringjoy strings or dealer inquiries, go to Stringjoy.com and be sure to check out our interview with Stringjoy founder Scott in episode 55 it was one of my favorite episodes this episode also brought to you by threesidedposters.com i have to admit this is one of the best educational tools for guitar and piano players out there why do i say that because it's easy to use side one introduces the most basic chords while sides two and three gradually make an expert out of those hard to understand chords like diminished chords in addition the three-sided poster is easy to read Chords are laid out in a pattern, making chord progressions easy to follow. Once you see it, you'll understand how ingenious the three-sided poster really is. The first time I ever saw the poster, I was amazed at how quickly I could understand chord structure and learn some of my favorite songs. This is an absolute must for students. So if you're a music store owner or a musician, it's definitely a game changer. It sounds complicated, but it's not. If you play piano or guitar, you absolutely need one. If you're a retailer, you've got to have these. They're $9.95 retail. They come uh, prepackaged, barcode and QR scan. Great markup. Go to threesidedposters.com and get yours. Welcome to the Music Retail Show. Having conversations about the musical instrument industry to take you and your business farther. The Music Retail Show. All right, on today's episode, we've got Jason Jordan in the house. We sit down and have a laid-back conversation about his history and about being a guitar player in Nashville. Man, I'm telling you what, if you love guitars and guitar players, it's a great conversation. We'll see you on the other side. All right, man, we are back for another episode. And when yep. I say we're back, we're actually back because you are actually back. I'm back. I've been gone for a couple weeks. Yeah, man. I'm tired, Took, exhausted, now you need but to I'm come happy home to be back. Take a vacation from your vacation. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so I'm excited about that. Man, we're glad you made it back. Thank you. So, man. Well, one day we'll get into the story of it all because it was quite an adventure. Well, and uh, Richard almost got stuck on the side of a mountain. Yeah, almost. But I didn't. I'm here. <laughs> You made it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so that's cool. So, yeah, we're kicking this off, man. This is, uh, you know, kind of our fourth quarter run on the podcast. Yeah. So, but we've got a smoking guest today. Smoking guest Smok- or smoking guitar player? Smoking, Who's our guest? Yeah, I'm not on it's, fire. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. That's right, man. Jason, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for yeah, having me. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure having you here, man. You uh, have obviously been talked about, you know, quite a bit over the years great guitar player man we knew your father did business with yeah, this company yeah. so uh yeah a lot of history been coming here a long time yeah, yeah yeah well we have a lot to go through and we're going to talk about some things that are a little bit different than guitar uh which uh, you might find comical but we'll hop into it in a minute but mm. to let everybody know that is either watching or listening a little bit more about yourself maybe give us a little bit of an intro of of kind of how things started in your life and and how guitar kind of took shape oh yeah sure well when my dad was a bass player 
growing up. I did not know player, that. Bass player. Hmm. Yeah, my dad. So I mean, make it quick, but. There was a house. There's a house band thing they did in Huntsville, Alabama, Athens, Alabama, and artists would pass through there. And in those days, a lot of people didn't take bands, so they would just send a reel to reel and charts, and they would learn the song. So Dad would get to play with Chuck Berry and Jerry oh, Lee wow. Lewis and all these people as they passed through, you know. And then later years, when my dad met my mom, he was playing in a gospel quartet, hit her in the head with his bass. She leaned over from the piano <laughs> and he hit his hit her in the head, and she was 16. He waited on her to turn 18. They they're still together, and uh, that's how that's how they met. And uh, so my mom ended up being, being a country singer as well. And my parents started a local television show called The Nashville Connection. Oh, and I was a child at that point. I mean, six years old or something. So, and that's when I started taking guitar lessons. And I'd sit up there and hold my little guitar on the TV show, but I'm mm-hmm. obviously not playing, you know. And uh, so, mom kind of come becomes a local celebrity on their television show, you know, and. Then they'd do away with the TV show, and Dad, they kind of hang up this stuff. And Dad always had a barber shop, and he sold insurance, and you know, kind of had the normal life. And then when I start getting in my teen years, they can tell I'm really serious. So Mom, Dad, bring the TV show back. So that was my whole my whole high school times for me doing this, and through college as well. And uh, so then I got a scholarship to a local community college and they had a show band like a 40-piece horn band gadsden alabama gadsden state and uh there's been a lot of dudes that went through that school it's funny enough because um hey, josh turner's guitar player went to that school after me mm-hmm. and uh, uh craig morgan's guitar player went to that school after me it's and it has a, a history of like the guy that went before me he came here and went worked at Aubreyland. yeah mm-hmm. so then in 96 and 97 i was like i only knew a couple people when i moved here and that was Two of the people I moved and knew, and I got to sub, you know, and do that Opryland show at 96 and 97. So it was cool. I got to work yeah. in the park and do the General Jackson and all that stuff, mm. you know. But then after the park closed, that's when I started figuring out, uh-oh, we got to have a job. So started touring, yeah. you know, mm. and then now here we are. So the later, show, that, way the later. show to clarify that you guys did, you guys did that up here. It wasn't down in Alabama. No, no, it was in Alabama, and it was called yeah. the Nashville Connection. Yeah, it was the Nashville down. Connection because because oh, okay. Dad would get like Opry stars, and he would get Opry musicians and stuff to come down, and play on the television yeah, show. It was just on the local, local yeah, it was like, local like our, our, okay. our local CBS affiliate, and they would do it on Sunday mornings. And, really, yeah, it came on. And, and now, yeah. how long did that run? Oh man, I don't know because I've a, seen a, old long, pictures of it a long time. Yeah, yeah I mean because. I mean, we probably started doing it, I don't know, the first time, but at least for three to five years. And then mm-hmm. when they brought it back, it was another probably five years, six years, you know. Because so, I remember having, like, in high school, I, I wasn't, I didn't have a band to do it. But then in college, we were using, like, my college buddies to do it. We were yeah. playing in the band, you know. What were some of the guests? It's hard for me to remember. I'd have to go back and, and look. But, but a lot of players, a yeah. lot of musicians, like he had a lot of steel players and guitar players that would come sit in or banjo player, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and they were local people as yeah. well. But he was always bringing down Nashville people. And, and for a long time, years of when mom was playing gigs, dad would um, – he would come. He he got a customized van and he would drive up on Friday mornings and pick up the band and they would go play Friday and Saturday somewhere and he would bring them back. You know, and he always had Nashville bands. And funny enough, Don Kelly, which we all know Don Kelly, mm-hmm. which I ended up playing with him in town for like two and a half years. But he was my mom's bass player at one point, and Dad played rhythm guitar and just kind of managed the thing. But really? Yeah, Don was her bass player. Because you know? your mom was an artist. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so they had a lot of different players, but. What honestly kind of ended that whole thing was it's a sad story, but my dad had and a friend had built a 
full on studio, but that back then, you know, it was tape and, you know, the yeah. whole thing. And, and they had built a full on studio in this building and the musicians needed a place to stay. And when my dad went that next morning, they had stolen every cable, every piece of gear, everything what? they had. And they stole the baffles off the walls and everything. You're kidding me. And that was kind of it. That was kind of when Dad was like, all right, I'm done with that thing. Wow. You know? So that was kind of the end of the TV show the first time. You know, it's kind of a sad deal. But mm-hmm. And uh, then we started it back again, obviously, in, mm-hmm. when I was in high school or yeah. whatever. But mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was kind of a weird time, you know. But, yeah, yeah, man, that's interesting. And your mom hasn't really changed. I mean, what's funny is, and I haven't seen her in, I'd say, I'm guessing four years, and I, I could be off. But she looks She looks the, the same. same. Yeah. yeah. To me, she does. Yeah. You know, because I've seen old pictures of her, yeah. and she just looks the same. So yeah. she's she's yeah. aged yeah. really well. Hopefully she's a I'll beautiful have that, Hopefully I'll have that gene. Yeah. <laughs> just continues, continues on. <laughs> no, that's cool. Well, a, a few other things that uh, might be kind of a little bit odd is, 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 for some reason, I wrote down punk music because... I don't know. It was probably five, six years ago. I don't. I'm, I'm throwing out numbers. I don't know. A long time ago, you and I were talking, and we we brought up punk music. So was was punk music a, a influence in your life? Is that kind of how? What, what what does that play in your life? Well, I mean, more honestly, when I started playing, I really you know everybody wants to be Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know, yeah. that's what I wanted to do when mm-hmm. I. But I mean, obviously, I've always loved rock music. But it's funny, like rock music, I've never really played it. I've yeah. always loved it, but I never really played it. Nashville's the wrong town to play rock. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know now. It's, well, back, yeah, <laughs> yeah, back in the back, day. Back, back in then, the day. you know. But it was it was kind of funny because I remember starting out with my parents' band, and like everything I played, I was like, I remember it in my head. Even now, I can remember that as a kid, going, "Wow, none of this stuff like fits. Like I'm playing like the wrong things. Like, you know, it's like." No solo feels right, or I'm like, well, I gotta figure out this feel. Like, what is this mm. stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So then that's when I started learning about like Jerry Reed and Albert Lee and all this because I've been listening to like 80s hair bands, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. and just loving rock and roll music in my room, just jamming on power chords, but stuff's not working. And I figured out real quick, like, I gotta figure out what if I wanna make a living at this, I gotta be able to play everything, mm-hmm. you know? So. So then it was kind of like, uh, figured out all these guys, Albert Lee and all this stuff, you know, and start back in the old school. I'm learning them off records and cassettes. And I mean, I remember sitting in the house with eight track with my mom's eight track trying to learn licks off, you know, Amy Lou Harris records, what Albert Lee's playing, you know, yeah. and, and uh, had to learn it before YouTube. I'm old oh, old school. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it probably <laughs> stuck with you a little bit better, though. Probably huh? so, you know. Yeah. But, but that's kind of how that went down of like, transitioning because i mean i thought i was going to be in bon jovi or something at the time you know it's like (laughs) it's a kid you know that's what was huge you know so and hearing those bands and just but i was a skateboarder so yeah i loved everything you know dri and all that stuff i was like i loved that music yeah yeah so how did how did you you know because when I listen to you play and again I'm a drummer so this is my translation of it you're more more into true country chicken picking kind of whatever you know it's funny it's kind of became my it's kind of just became my thing I mean it wasn't like I set out to do it but it was like I guess it just seemed as a kid like a natural transition to play with your picking fingers which was like the hybrid thing and that was kind of before anyone was really doing it no one was really doing it back in the 90s it was like a weird thing really yeah i remember taking lessons from uh, a guy named craig dobbins who's a 
he's well known. He's written books for Hal Leonard on J- the guitar styles of Jerry Reed, mm-hmm. and he's got a whole series of stuff he does. Acoustic fingerstyle quarterly. He writes for all those magazines and stuff. And, and as a in my teenage years, I seeked him out because he was in the next town over from us to take lessons. And then I remember he told me at like sixteen, he's like, "Yeah, if you can play the," he's like, "I'd, I'd go home. He'd make me play with a thumb pick." And I was like, man, I don't like this. You can't play Steve Ray Vaughan with a thumb pick, you know? <laughs> no, you so, can't. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to play. I still want to play these rock licks too. And yeah. and he said, uh, I was coming. I was learning the songs with a flat pick. And he's like, well, if you can play the Claw by Jerry Reed with a flat pick, then we just you need to go your own direction. And so I played it for him. And he's like, okay, well you need to do your own thing. I was about 16 or 17. I was like, okay. So that kind of ended the lessons, you know. Yeah. And I figured, well, I guess I can figure this out. So, and that just really how I played. And then I just got so involved in that country guitar, and I loved it. And Buck Owens and Don Rich and that old sound, I just kind of really became my thing. And it's funny now because I teach so many lessons and like I YouTube videos and stuff, and guys will just like they just seek you out. I mean, I've had guys drive five, six hours just to go, man, I want to do, I want to learn that stuff you did on that YouTube video. Yeah, you know, okay. And it's funny because like a lot of the gigs I play, I don't play that stuff. I don't get to play that. I love it, but I don't get to, mm-hmm. you know, because modern country or whatever, or even like you know doing praise and worship stuff or whatever I do, and you don't get to do that stuff. But it is my true love and. It just kind of developed as a, comes out of as a kid. So when you, know, you say you don't get to play it, when you're playing music for either an artist, and we'll get into that, or or covered songs, you, you're just playing what's truly yeah. What try to play what they played, you know? Okay, and it's just that. If I'm taking an ad lib solos, of course that's what I'm going to play, you sure. know, because that's mm-hmm. what I love. But it's just modern country music doesn't lend itself to it all the time. Yeah, you yeah. Know? that's what I mean. You know? Yeah, but if we're playing some Johnny Cash song. Then Stand back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm playing the licks I learned when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. So did you pick up the banjo? Can you do that too? Or uh, you just kind of do it all yeah. on a telly, huh? Yeah, just, yeah, I'm not a banjo guy. I mean, I understand it, but. Yeah. Telly's your guitar, though? Mostly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got PRSs. I got a stuff, you know, Gibsons and whatever. I got it all. But, but yeah, I mean, I love, I still play the same Telecaster I got when I was 10. Really? Yeah. Okay. Played it last night for eight and a half hours. So, yeah. I mean, I still play the same guitar. Yeah. There's no need to change it. I know it. I've lived with it a long time. Sounds good. Looks good. It's part of you. Looks huh? bad, but sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about something else that uh, is 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 a departure from music, and that's something that uh, I think you're into, from what I gather, and that's shoes. Yeah, we got a shoe problem. You got a shoe problem. Let's talk yeah. about it. Well, it's funny. Kind of like a closet built out at your house with just shoes? Well, I figured out, though, now I'm not a collector. You're not a collector. I'm not a collector anymore. I figured this out because now I've noticed that there's huge money in these shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I bought a pair last week and then sold them for $1,000 in like 10 minutes. Oh, my goodness. And then, you know, they're like 250 So I was, it was pretty good. I figured out, okay, well. then I start I'm a flipper. Look, I'm a yeah, shoe flipper. Then I start looking in the closet going, which ones do I really not like? You know, wow. so. It's a crazy market. I had no, I had no idea. So so how did this happen? Well, I mean Jordans. I've always loved Jordans because my last name is Jordan. So yeah. And then my my son, 
he's 10 now and he's just started getting into when he's playing, he's playing basketball he's really tall and stuff and he's a good basketball player so he's like starting getting into Jordan and everything and so I was like man I'm so sorry get me a pair of Jordans about five years ago so I started wearing them on the road you know and, and then I had this deal where I'm like man if I go on a run like seven days I want to wear a different pair of shoes every day I don't wear the same ones I don't want the people to see them again I'm going to yeah. wear a different pair of yeah, shoes yeah. you know so that kind of came my thing you know so then it was like instead of repeating I'd be on the road and I'd just keep buying them you know and then my wife's like oh man we got to quit this. <laughs> we got a problem. We got to quit this, you know. So, so yeah. then I then I sold like one guy a bunch of pairs of shoes, and I was like, oh crap! I was like, a lot of money. And then and then now I've there's these stores around town where all they're doing is buying them on the app and then reselling them. And then I was like, holy crap! It's a lot of money. And there's like some ten thousand dollars Jordans and stuff. And I'm like, this is crazy. You so know? where are you, where are you getting the the ones that you have? Are well, they ones that you've had for years? No, no. Or? It's funny because like so what Nike does is the they have an app called the Sneakers app and they drop shoes like four times a week. And on that app, there'll be premium pairs of shoes that are like very limited. So the ones that just came out were like the Travis Scott ones that he wore on the Super Bowl last year. They were like, and they did sixty thousand pairs where they normally do like half a million or a million pairs. So it just drives the market up like crazy. Mm. And there's a website called StockX, and it's just like the stock market. I mean, the shoes go up and down minute by minute. Seriously, You're it's just me. like the stock market, and it depends on the sizes. So like the um, all the Asian market drives the small sizes crazy so like those shoes would have been those shoes would have been and if i would have had a seven or six they would have been twenty five hundred dollars what yeah have you ever met greg at franklin strap Uh, i just know uh, he's uh, way into shoes uh, too he collects them and buys them and sells them so i just didn't know if you guys lived cross paths or something no no i mean so how many pairs do you have i don't really have that many now i mean 25 or something and they're all ones I just really love and wear. You know? Yeah, yeah. I've kind of gotten into the Kanye thing too, the Yeezys. Man, I don't now know. I know someone yeah. who has them. Those are really comfortable. Really comfortable. Really. And then, I mean, at first I got them because they were like a fashion thing. And then I thought, then I've been wearing them down, to like playing doubles around town. And I'm like, oh man, these are there's something to them. Like they don't hurt you. Their feet don't hurt. Your do you back get, doesn't hurt. Do you like you know? get upset? Like if you, you oh, scuff your yeah, shoe, and you're not, like, Dang, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm going like, home and clean it off. Everything <laughs> oh, yeah. so nobody hits your shoe yeah. or scuffs it. He's, or... he's got like shoe bumpers. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny because I got a friend and he he's a DJ in town and he said uh, he went to see Travis Scott and wore the Travis Scotts and they're like they're thousand bucks now and he wore them he's like a guy in front of him he just felt like shoe foot getting wet he was pouring his drink on him you know just and it's like the first time he's he had them for a couple years and just got him out of the box to wear them to the show and he's like oh no yeah man i had no clue that shoes you know people are just flipping shoes like me either until recently and then i was like i said i was just buying them and keeping them and i was like oh crap I'd keep seeing them just going up, and it didn't matter used. Yeah. It doesn't matter used or not, you know, as long yeah. as you take care of them. So, and I remember when I was playing basketball back in all the way back to junior high, and uh, it was a big deal that the, the the there was always a company that came in and sold shoes to the basketball team. So all the yeah. guys and girls, and you know, you could buy different levels, and they always had the Air Jordans that were in there, man. And I just remember everybody wanted to buy them, every because you know they could. They would um, make them, 
and sell them in your school colors. Oh, so yeah. the company. So the, my, our, we had maroon and white was our school colors. So yeah, you could get that's white cool. Jordans with maroon accents on it. Be nice if you still had those. So well, yeah, I'm sure they got trashed and gone yeah. and thrown in the trash years ago. But um, but I just remember that, and I remember they were a hundred dollars. But it was wow. always a big deal. Like back yeah. then, that was a that was just insane for shoes. Yeah. But but you know you're like well mom dad I, you know I'm on the, you know you know yeah. you try to do anything you could and they'd be like all right well we'll get those but but man and, it was just expensive they have big creeped deal up. back then Nike will put shoes out for three fifty now it's pretty insane I mean those I, the other day were two fifty but they got some coming out this week for three fifty really? they've pushed the prices up on a lot of them you know but because they know this the resale market so. There's a whole deal with someone's going to buy yeah. them, you know. Supreme clothing, it's the same thing. It's like you can buy a Supreme beanie on the app for thirty six dollars, and then sell it for a hundred bucks because they sell out in like ten minutes. Really? So as long as you get one, you're sitting. Man, I am so out of touch. Yeah. Yes. My goodness, that's crazy. I, I just keep up with my kid. My kid's just like he knows about it. He's like, Dad, check this out. I'm like, All right. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he's how old? Ten. He's ten. Yeah. And and you got a daughter too. Yeah, she's five. Started yeah. kindergarten. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Fun transition. So so that kind of keeps you off the road, I guess? Yeah, I did till this year. Yeah, I did do a tour this year, you know. I toured with Big Daddy Weave this year. I did. How was that? Uh, oh, man. If I don't ever tour again, I'm good. It was so good. Man. I did 35 shows filling in. Their guitar player had a baby and produced their record. Actually, the band just turned 21, the 21 years of the band this week. Um, this that this long? weekend, yeah, really, yeah, twenty one years, yeah. This They've week, been around since ninety eight. Yeah, they oh, started oh, in college. Oh. They played a, uh, they played an instrumental opening up for another artist twenty one years ago in college. Man, and they had no name. And Mike's like, just call it Big Daddy Weave. Like, and then the labels all hated that name as it progressed because it, they're like, they tried to change it a million times. They're like, man, stick with it, you know. And so that's still kind of the name. And they have a television show, which has been cool. I've got to be a part of by doing the tour. They were filming a TBN television show documentary mm-hmm. on the band. Mm-hmm. They've been following them this year. And so I got to be in a couple episodes of that because I was out there when the crew was going on. And it yeah. was a deal because Jeremy's really only missed a couple weekends over the whole course of the of touring of 21 years. Those guys just don't sub out, you know. And uh the four guys are original. The drummer, Brian, he's newer, but he's still been there like seven years. He's like not, yeah. you know, the other guy, he just kind of, he just came off the road, the original guy, you yeah, know, yeah, his yeah. family and stuff. And, um, but it was really cool, man. Those guys were, they couldn't have been any nicer. It was just, how did you get that gig? It's funny. I, I teach Mike, the lead singer, Mike Weaver. I teach his kids lessons, you know, and I have for a long time. And, and he was like, Man, you think it was like, man, you think you want to come out in April? Jeremy's wife's having a baby. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And he's like, man, what about doing March? And it kept kind of moving back. And then yeah. it went like February to June, you know? And, and, uh, it was a blast though. And I still like, I still do some dates with Mike too. We did a solo thing a couple weeks ago. And, okay. uh, yeah. And out of puckets. And so I'm still in, in the loop of it and mm-hmm. it's cool, man. I've one of the, I mean, it's the best thing I've ever done. To be so honest, what, what just, makes that, uh, what what made that such a great gig? Man, just they're like a family. I mean, they they are a family. They're not like a family. They are, you know. And and I was just I was telling somebody this yesterday, just the how welcoming it was. If like I show up the first day, I don't know anyone really. I know Mike, and that's it. And uh, and he's on a different bus, so I don't really know <laughs> anyone. And like 
Yeah. They're, everyone was so nice from the time I got there. From manager, like the manager came and like he just was like, man, if you need anything, here's my cell number. He's calling me. It's like so nice. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I take my gear in. They're like, just put your gear right here and we'll see you at the end. I'm like, all right. And they're like, show us how you want it. And every day I'd show up and hope it worked. Because I'd never heard it at all, you know, and you yeah. just walk out there and you here's just the walk guitar. out and it's ready to go, huh? you know, and, mm-hmm. and it worked every day, you know. So, I mean, just, man, what a family. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's cool, you know. And then a lot of the guys, like Jay, Mike's brother, he travels with his family, and then Mike's family goes as well. So, it is a family environment, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really, it's cool to tell people that, like, you hear a lot of bad stories of like artists and stuff, but like those guys, they're living it, man. They're mm-hmm. they're doing exactly what they say. Mm-hmm. There's not one thing negative in that camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. great people, and and I mean, there I've made lifelong friends there just yeah. being there those few months. And every couple of days, I talk to every, almost everyone in the band and crew. I mean, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's, and over the last handful of years, I don't know how many years. I mean, they've their success is just going up and up and up. Yeah, and up, still so. going. The new record they just had a number one. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it's doing great. So they're staying relevant too. You yeah. know, the music's killer. Mike writes the songs. You know, and yeah. it's great. He sings like. It's amazing every night. He opened his mouth. I'm like, oh man, it's just beautiful, you know. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, just can't believe it, you know. He's like, he let you slide in any chicken picking solo or something. No, like that. No, <laughs> no, not really in that music. Yeah. <laughs> Be creative. Yeah. They did give me room on one to do some to play, but okay, yeah, 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 yeah. not really going for they any. Kind of have a Merle Haggard licks. You know? <laughs> So stylistically, that's got to be a little bit of a change, but maybe not. Yeah, you know, I've been doing a, I've been doing my same church gig in town. I'm 14 years, mm-hmm. so um, I'm pretty used to that thing. It, that was fun too, because I mean, you know, like songs like "Lion and the Lamb" and "Redeemed" and "My Story." These are songs that churches play every week, yeah. every week for yeah. years and, you're going out and years and years. Yeah, and I'm playing it for thousands of people, and he's like with the band that played on the record. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty dang cool, you know, because yeah, cool. I mean. I just, I just thought, man, you know, I've played these songs so many times mm-hmm. as a cover, you know, yeah, if you will, yeah. at church, and it's like yeah. our youth events or something, and you're like, man, that's so cool, you know, yeah. and to see how it really, man, it affects people. It's yeah. fun because I've, I've always made the joke of like people would be like, hey, man, how's it going on the road? And I'm like, well, we're not changing lives because I mean, country music, you're not changing no, lives. You're, you're not just, doing nothing. You're, you're honestly just playing at a bar or venue to make the. Bar owner money. You're yeah, not doing. Yeah, you're yeah. not changing lives. Mm-hmm. And this one time, I could really go. We are changing lives. Yeah, they're yeah. changing lives. Yeah. You know, I mean, by what they're doing in God, they're changing lives, mm-hmm. man. As they're the vehicle for it. Yeah. So that's why I told my wife. I was like, man, if I don't ever do a road gate again, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good yeah. with it because that was the way to end. You yeah. know, if I end, you know, that yeah, was yeah. that was the way to do it. You know, yeah. so. any chance you're going to go out with them in the future? Or if they knows? ask, if they ask, I will. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, who knows? But. But I know Mike's got some more solo dates coming up we're going to do next year and stuff. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be going hundreds of days a sure, year. But, yeah, but sure. like, I would love to do it yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've done that enough. Yeah. Oh, I got you. <laughs> so prior prior to that, who else have you played with? Some. Well, I mean, if we go way back, I was with a guy named Michael Peterson. That was, like, one of my first, like, real gigs. I was, like, in the end of the 90s, and mm-hmm. Michael had two number ones back-to-back, Drinks, Wear, Still, and Lie, and Here to Eternity, which was big hits. And then um, for Michael, I moved to a guy named Jeff Bates, who was had a song called Long Slow Kisses, and he had really good success, too, four or five years. And I was on gigs, it seemed like, a long 
pretty good period of time where Nashville, yeah. you know, a lot of times people tour for six months a year, they're done. But most of my gigs lasted a, f- a couple of years at least, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I didn't have the 15-year gigs or whatever, but those are far and few between, you know. And then uh, after Jeff, there was a new – I was with Ty Herndon for a while, and then there was a new artist that came out on Sony I was with for a while. And then I was with Jason Michael Carroll, who had – couple number ones and toured with him and then um i was with a group called love and theft country group who's mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. out there doing it and i was yeah. there for about four and a half years and okay it's band That's leader and I, yeah that was a that was a good one you know and uh i left that in uh the end of 2014 and then finished out 2014 with a girl named Jana kramer who i had done like randomly had done a uh lotion commercial with <laughs> and I'd see it. I'd see it. I'd go to the gym and I'd see it on Prices Right. You know, got, um, Pure Silk that yeah. lotion or whatever. Yeah. yeah, there's like a. She did a commercial. She was like, Jana's in those uh, nationwide commercials too, where she's dressed up like Catwoman or whatever, and she's like a cat burglar. Mm-hmm. She's coming in, so she's like done a bunch of commercials and and uh, she was on one. But tree you were in too. the commercial. No, no, no. I just played the commercial. Oh, but okay. that's where like we had done the Paisley yeah. tour together, and she was on the Paisley tour with Love and Theft, and then. Uh, ended up doing that commercial just randomly. Got called for a session, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Did that, and then ended up playing with her too, you know, for mm-hmm. a while. Did that into twenty fifteen, and then I figured ah, I'm gonna stay home. Started transitioning home, but then I still kept going out with like I'd go out for like three months with an artist or something, yeah. or or do random weekend stuff, you know, with or somebody'd be like, "Hey, can you fill in?" But then it kind of. 2017, 2018, I didn't go at all. I just like, man, I'm not doing it. So focus more on lessons or lessons in and, town. and I was doing a lot of demos, doing a lot of demos at my house and stuff and sessions and stuff and had like 60 students a week, you know, and wow, and that's really, a lot, yeah. You know, but I mean, I needed, I needed to be home, time to be home with my kids too. I mean, yeah. I missed because love and theft years, man, we were the first year I started, I think we did 175 shows and the third year we did like 250. 48 shows man you were gone wow. the whole year. i was going like 270 something days and then the even the last year when i was there was still over 200 shows 212 or something so that's putting you going 230 40 days yeah you know because there was australia in there and mexico and those are long yeah you gotta those get are long trips long you know hauls, yeah. yeah i mean i was in australia for nine days and played twice you know yeah i mean Mm-hmm. It's just so there was a lot of travel and that and and I was like, man, it's I gotta I gotta start getting home, you know, and I don't want to miss my kids growing up, you know, for the sake of just being gone, yeah. you know, yeah. Because I mean, that's one thing I've have. I don't mean to be negative about, it, but there's one thing I have learned that when you are a side man, you're you're disposable, yeah, and you're and you're you're making them famous. Yeah. You're not making yeah. yourself famous, and and I've told people that too. I try to tell my students that I was like. You know, when you go into a gig, don't be scared to demand a high wage mm-hmm. if you if you deserve it. If you're confident that you deserve it, don't be scared to demand it because in the end, I've always told even artists this, like at the end of the day, when you're selling out an arena that's yeah. full of people and you're making $5 million a night, I'm still making $500, yeah. <laughs> dollars, mm-hmm. you know, because my wage is probably not, which we just talked about that with mm-hmm. another, you know, before this started. It's... It, my wage doesn't change. It's not scalable. It's not yeah. scalable. You're yeah. not going to pay me ten thousand dollars because you made five million or a percentage. Yeah, of, yeah. Know. I don't. I'm still getting the same yeah. show pay, or you know, maybe you get a salary and it gets better, mm-hmm. but it's still going to top out at some mm-hmm. point. You know, yeah. I have a friend which 
I won't say who he is, and he played with a giant pop artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, giant, like one of the biggest pop artists ever. We, can we take guesses? I'm I mean, just kidding. Yeah. But, but like, <laughs> he he went on an award show and was dressed up as like they made him dress up like ice cream cones on this like. Man, American, this is narrowing it down pretty good. I'm American wondering. American Music Awards or something. They were <laughs> yeah. on some one of those TV shows yeah. or whatever. And he said that he comes home and he's like showing his family. And he's dressed up like an ice cream cone. <laughs> and he thought. He Playing was, the guitar? Yeah, and he's made $250. What? Oh, jeez. And he's like, what am I, I thinking? I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. He's like, I yeah. just thought, what am I doing? You know, yeah. to, for the sake of doing this gig. Yeah. He's like, the gig's huge. Selling out arenas all over the world. And he's like. This I'm making like two fifty three hundred dollars yeah, a day. Like this is crazy that you're asking us to dress up like clowns and do this. Yeah. You know, so so anyway, back to the point. If just you know, if you deserve it and you can do the job, then you have to set your. You, you can't yeah. you can't out underprice yourself at fifty dollars. You know, you mm-hmm. just can't do it. No, because their goal is to get cheaper, 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 and the labels you know. are going cheaper and cheaper. But you you know. Qualities cost money. It does. As we know, yes, absolutely. As we know with absolutely. cars or houses or instruments or anything, I mean, absolutely. things cost money. And like that guitar I bought when I was ten was a Fender, and it was a good quality, and it's I still have it. Yeah, you know, and I still use it all the time, and it's still the same pickups, and it's still the same pots and input jack. I mean, yeah. it's the it, it was good quality, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I'm just saying, and I think Dad probably had to pay a grand for it, and that was a lot. In 1985. Yeah. He didn't pay that for a guitar. You know, he paid. You know, he didn't pay the thousand dollars. So I would, you know, so so they're the guys going out on the road, you know, and gals or whatever. But I mean, obviously, it's going to be driving the the age kind of down and down and down and down. And, it is. Yeah. You know, some of these is, big yeah. artists are, you know, just they've got to hire more inexperienced players because uh, I mean, is that the trend Fine. that's happening? I, I think so. You know, and because financially, it's just kind of where they're where they're at to make it happen. And touring is so expensive. Yeah, I mean tour buses and fuel, and just, it's so expensive, you know. Yeah, but it seems like in a lot of ways that they're they're trying to cut costs in the wrong direction. You oh, know? yeah, I agree. Because I remember yeah. going out and playing, and it was a fad where there was a country female artist um, that it was she hired a a band that was about. 22 year you know everybody was like 22 and she was in her 40s yeah and she was very pretty very popular but she was trying to hire a young band to make her stay young and stay relevant. young and relevant yeah. well i played in the christian uh, music and then all of a sudden that trickled over there to they started wanting to hire younger 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 and i remember a guy i was playing with you know he hired this kid who won this bass competition and we're playing you know, we're playing like Americana rock, you know, and he's the guy shows up with a seven string bass. And I remember going, what the heck is this? Yeah. Do you have a four string? Yeah. And he's like, no, man, all I got is a seven. I said, dude, this ain't going to work. Cut man. three strings off of, you know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But but my point of it was, was it was it was a fad. Get the youngest person you possibly can because it's a little bit cheaper. You, you know, he was willing to go out free. Yeah. 
you know, because he lived with his mom and, and dad for the experience of dad. doing it. And yeah. I'm like going, no, I'm not going out and playing yeah. gigs yeah. with a guy who just, you know, I, this yeah. isn't a Primus gig. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, he was just like notes for days, uh, and I'm like, man, we're note. playing like Americana rock, you yeah. know? Yeah. And um, I quickly at that point, I, I'll never forget getting a call, and it was a fly date, and they had backline, and it was like this big, great, awesome gig. And and I just was like, no, I'm no. not going. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm cooking a steak. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Because I was like, that's enough, man. I'm not gonna go and deal with some of that kind of stuff. So I understand with what you're saying. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you know, obviously talking about a different scale and different level. But well, Nashville, like we were it. we were chatting, it's, it's changed so much with the in town work. It's it's like guys can make a really nice living staying home now. Yeah. So so artists even are having trouble finding guys that want to go. Yeah. You know, even on the bigger levels, because it's the money's not there. Yeah, you know? man, my last my last attempt at playing playing out with somebody somebody just locally here needed a needed a guitar player for a gig. I think it was down in Georgia somewhere, and he called me up and he said, "Hey, would you want to play?" And of course, I'm sitting here going, "Man, that'd be fun to go out and play. Yeah. Uh, you know, play a one off show." And uh, he goes, "Man, listen, it doesn't pay a whole lot." Well, I wasn't in it for the money. I was in it because I wanted to just go play and he says man i I can pay 150 bucks it's like okay whatever that's fine the gig it was like he called me on a monday the gig was that saturday evening and we were going to leave saturday morning to go and he says i'll get you the charts and i'll get you the songs and everything like that so you can kind of learn it and he goes we'll just rehearse there when we get there and set up and we'll run through all the stuff and i said okay that's fine And then he sent me the list of everything. He wanted me to learn 17 songs that I didn't know. And I had, by the time he got me, um, I had three days. And I had to go to work all day. And I've married and have three kids. And 17 songs. And I called the guy back and I said, man, I'm not going. I'm not doing this. I'm not learning. I thought maybe you would want me to learn, you know, something simple and we can play five or six songs or, you know, he just was very nonchalant about it. But it was just kind of like the presumption that people would just want you to just, I can't pay anything, but I want you to put all this time and effort into something so that I can benefit from it. They can benefit from it was just, I just thought this is backwards. That's where that's, that's the, I'm funny for these like things, but like, that's where it gets – people say they forget it's music business. And I tell my students, I'm like, it's not called music friends. <laughs> yeah. It's music business. Yeah, so business. so yeah. you have to – it has to be a business. So it's just, it's just like – Dude, that guy was upset with me I'm gonna when tell I called that, him to tell I'm him. I'm going to tell that story again. So this guy asked me the other night. And he's like, hey, man, how about you learn some of my songs? And I go, all right. Mm-hmm. And he said – I go, for what? And he's like, to go on the road and play them with me. And I'm like – Ah, uh, no, I'm good. You know, <laughs> I don't. No, I'm I'm good. Like if you want to play them around here, that's fine. But yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to learn to go anywhere to play them. So I'll just play them here. You yeah, know. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing, because people will they don't understand the preparation yeah. that it takes as as a as a musician. Like, you know, I'm I'm going to do a gig this weekend, and luckily, like it's 30 songs. You know, and they sent it to me a long time ago. But like. Half of them are covers, half of them originals, and I have played with them at the Bluebird and stuff before, so I've played the songs. So yeah. it's not a huge deal. But like, if they would have sent me the thirty songs and I didn't know any of them, it would be in like panic mode, you know, like oh crap, what how am I going to do this, you know? But yeah. like the covers, I know those obviously. Yeah. Maybe there's like two or something, you know, that I didn't know, and maybe one original or something. But yeah, you know, so that doesn't take very long. Yeah, sure. knock out. But but I know what you're saying. People don't understand the preparation time because if that was a thirty song gig. 
I mean, realistically, if you only got it in a week, you're going to take your whole days every day yes. trying to learn these. Yes. And then to do a good job. And then how are you going to comprehend it at the gig? Because originals are hard because you've never heard them. Mm-hmm. And you go, you look at the title and you're like, Somebody, yeah, and you're like, <laughs> which key was this in? Oh man, yeah. somebody, and oh. they're looking at you because yeah. you start the yeah. song. Oh, they're all start with the guitar. You're <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, when they're a three piece band, <laughs> yeah, they're all start with the guitar. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, there's no keys guy, and you're like, oh crap, you know, somebody, which one's that one? You know, you're just thinking, oh man, I hope this goes like this. I think, yeah. you know, because yeah. that that's tough. But people don't they don't value your time. They'll mm-hmm. they'll usually do the no end. Yeah. Well, hopefully the pendulum is going to switch. Because, you know, it's just, it's like anything in the market, it's supply and demand. And hopefully guys will wake up and go, man, if we want to get mm-hmm. guys on the road, we're going to have to double our price. Yeah. And we're going to have yeah. to we'll start reevaluating things, exactly. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I still, you know, I have young students that are on the road and stuff. And, and that's, that's that has been cool because I've had, well, I remember playing a festival once um, with Love and Theft. And it was like five big bands. And I had taught someone in every band. Oh, and really? taught them lessons really? to someone in every band. And we weren't the headliner. I mean, yeah. there were like three bands after us, and I taught someone in every band. You yeah. know, and I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah. so I do have a couple people that I mentor. And, and I talked about my student that um, he went on the road and did that for a while. And I started him when he was 15, and he's 29 now, and he's very successful, and he's doing a wonderful job. And I have another kid I'm working with now. And uh, I started him when he was about 15 or 16. He could play, and now he's 19, and he's he's tearing it up. So, so like, he needs to go on the road, though. He needs to go on the road at Gotta 19 learn. or 20 and, mm-hmm. and go do it, you know, and then decide what he wants to do, you know. Yeah. So, And those guys, like we talked about, they can afford to do it, yeah. you know. There's no family yet. Well, you being know? on the road, though... Uh, is is a wealth of experience. It's not just yeah. it's not the two hours you're on stage. It's the other twenty two no. hours where you're oh, not, yeah. and you have to get along with people. Exactly. And you gotta, you know, yeah. people are in bad moods, and people are in. You're sleeping next to them. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, I've I mean, always that's that's the big part about man, being on the road. You take a mobile home, you put wheels on it, right? You've, mm-hmm. You just got your wheels on your mobile home. You take twelve dudes who don't like each other <laughs> and don't know in. each other and stick them in a bus. And go, all it's, right. It's a reality They're show. Like, oh, it is. Yeah. They're like, good luck. You know, <laughs> go to California and be <laughs> oh, going for three months and come back and it's see if you guys killed each other. Of, yeah. of bad smell. Yeah. And, yeah, and see if you guys have killed each other, you know. And, yeah. Yeah, my big thing, I remember being on the road, is, is just the idea that you cannot eat Taco Bell for four days straight and, and actually feel well. <laughs> it's know? physically, it's, yeah. it's actually impossible. And pizza every night at 2.30. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, it's like, what are they thinking? After show food at pizza, two yeah. thirty in the morning, showing up to venues and and they all think it's great because they ordered pizza for you yeah. and you're like, I just ate pizza the last two nights yeah. in a row. Well, I remember, I remember having on our on our rider no pizza. Yeah, yeah. no. And you then have we would to tell we would actually make lists of things that that we did not want. Yeah, because if not, you're right. You're Everybody orders pizza because yeah. it's the easiest. It's a deli, it's a deli tray for lunch. Yeah, yes. and it's pizza exactly. after. It's yeah, always absolutely. the same thing, you know. Yeah, really now, cheap. Meat and cheese. Yeah. Now that was a nice thing though about like you know because with Love and Theft we did Paisley tour which was they took care of you awesome you know and he's just such a good guy you know and and he'd come out and there's some YouTube videos of me and him jamming and stuff Mm -hmm. you know he'd come out and play with him you know and stuff and and he's cool guy and then like McGraw we did it you know and I mean not even going to be any better than that I mean that's like tops you know Mm -hmm. it's so good 
those tours where you really appreciated it, you know, and you're like, man, there's food here all they day. They got real food there. It's real yeah. food with the chef, and they're, it's there all day. And you're like, oh, man, I want to go eat at 2 in the afternoon. You know, you just went for a run. You're like, oh, cool. I can go eat. Yeah. A real meal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really, really nice, you know. So, Few and far in between on those. Yeah, though, you do huh? appreciate that. When Every time the guys would be like, hey, we're going to take this tour, you're like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we're going to take a tour. Because yeah. the one-offs are the rough ones, yeah, you know, yeah. and you're booking your own shows or something, and there's no catering and stuff. It's kind of the deal on that. Yeah, you but. take the tours where the food is the best. Huh? Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of like the qualification. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> the know? travels closest to each other and the food's the best. You yeah. know, because yeah, you don't want cool. one of those tours where they threw darts at the wall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> California to New York. Well, you know? I, I was going to bring that yeah. up. I mean, I've had managers where they're like, "You're going to play over here, then you're going to play over there, and you're going to play over there, then you're going to be back here." Yeah. And it's like, why didn't you book these together so we didn't have to travel four unnecessary days? Yeah. You know. The the weirdest is a radio tour. I don't know if you guys. So when a country artist you know gets a record deal or whatever, they go on a radio tour and they still do it. It's old school. They go around to every station and play for the program directors and they're yeah. like introducing them to the artist. And you're sitting in a room like this. A lot of times you're at their desk. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of times you might go to a conference room, but sometimes you're literally sitting at the desk with the person. Really, you're just sitting two chairs, you and the artist. The program director's right there, and you're just like, he's like, go. He don't want to hear it. Yeah. It's like six o'clock in the morning, you know, and he's like, "You don't want to hear it," you know, but but you will literally, but you will literally, he's hungover. Yeah. You will literally be in like I've been in four or five states in a day, really. Yeah, because they're trying to they're, yeah. they try to Just do it to within two or radio, three huh? months, you know, and then you might have a drive time in Atlanta, but then you're like midday in Nashville. Yeah, so you're literally. You got to maybe Chattanooga or you play the thing, you fly, you mean, you'll fly and then get in a car and then drive to Kentucky and do something in Bowling Green. And I mean, they're just wherever the, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a crazy, crazy deal. Mm -hmm. You know, those are fun to do, but man, it is a two or three months of just like, you can't even, you know, I still think sometimes all those memories will come back and I'm like, where was, you couldn't even fathom it all, you know, because it's like. I mean, there were days where you played four or five gigs. But you were not playing gigs, though. You're playing like one song, two songs, you know, maybe five mm-hmm. at the most. But it's like, how many times can you do that in a day and kind of keep it all straight? Yeah. You know, you're just so tired. That whole Crazy. time, you're just tired, you know? Mm-hmm. In your career, have you uh, have you always been Nashville based, but have you ever gotten mixed in like the LA or New York crowds in any way? Not really, you know? And I think they've all moved here anyway. Yeah. yeah. It seems like yeah, yeah, they're all they're all here, you know? So, not really. I mean, my stuff's always been based here, and and I like how Nashville does it because Nashville generally was a in the days of like when Jeff and stuff, unless they were on a big tour, but was like you know it was a weekend warrior kind of town. You'd leave Wednesday night or Thursday night and come home on Sunday or Monday, and you know, and you were home every week, which is kind of nice. But like Love and Theft, not so much. We were gone a lot, but but still, we were home more than like rock tours where they yeah. go six months straight oh, yeah. or something. You know, yeah. I have a friend that just did a tour. He, Tours of Scott Stapp, and he just was like, they were going like half most of the year. I mean, they just did a tour, and they were going nine, ten months. Really? They just got home. I mean, they left in like February, you know, and they just got home like a week ago. Mm. I mean, they came home for a day or two, or, yeah. or they played a show in Nashville, and he went home. But, I mean, they weren't here. That's, that's touring. That's rough, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, 12 dudes, one bus, and gone. Yeah. So what do you, what do you want to do now? I mean, what what what's your story like today? What do what do you got going on? Man, you know, I'm just teaching and I'm 
really happy, man, being home with the family and teaching and doing demos and playing around town and showcasing and mm-hmm. showcases and stuff. And I just really love I, I love what I'm doing right yeah. now. I'm yeah. super happy being here and just you know and thank thank the Lord. I I mean people respect me. They still know my name and it's like, you know, and the phone still rings. I'm, I'm just thankful for it. And a lot of those yeah. are people I met when I moved to town in 1996, still, mm-hmm. still calling, you know, and yeah. I'm just thankful for it. Cause there's a million dudes and you know, there's always a new guitar. Yeah. Player. And I'm not, and I'm not going to be a guy that ever says there's no one better than you or some ego or something. I mean, I do what I do and I do it well. Mm-hmm. And if you want that, then I'm your guy. And if I'm not, I mean, and I've turned down gigs and, I mean, I turned down a big gig. In 2015, I turned down one of the biggest gigs in town. And I sat down with the music, and I tried for a week to learn it. And I go, this isn't what, I, you, huh? this isn't what I do. And I'm not going to do a good job for them. And I'm not, I don't have an ego to say that I can play any gig and do it mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm not that naive. You know, It's like mm-hmm. taking a quarterback and going, you're going to be the running back every play. Well, yeah. he might not be the guy for that. Was yeah. Peyton Manning a running back? No. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have done a good job at it. Mm-hmm. But he would have said, I'm a quarterback. I'm not a running back. You yeah. know? All right. So, I mean, I just think there's – when I was young, I thought, oh, man, I can do anything. But as an adult, I know <laughs> I, I can't do anything. So it's like, yeah, man, if that's not me, I don't mind telling them. Because I'd rather them find the right guy. There's a lot of dudes, and I'd rather sure. them find the right guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be out there and be miserable either, trying to play something that's not what I do, you know. Yeah. So well, that makes or, sense. Or not do a hundred percent at it, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I'm not that. I'm not. There's no ego there to to turn something down, you know, because sure. you're not the guy. Actually, you know? I think that's about every every guitar player or musician on that goes on the road. I think they have to answer that question for themselves cuz you play a whole lot of music that maybe you're not interested in or you know you had no, you had nothing to do with the creative nothing. process. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wouldn't write music like that and yeah, you, you got to decide, well, do I really want to keep playing something like this or take a gig or turn yeah. down gigs yeah. and yeah, man, you just got to make those decisions. Yeah. And I feel good about it too, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it was the right decision. Was it a yeah. Queen's right cover band? <laughs> no, no, that <laughs> would have been I'd have been the wrong guy though. So, yeah. <laughs> so they're, if they're out there looking for me, then pass pass on me, <laughs> please. Pass the torch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pass it on to the next guy. Uh, yeah. well. yeah. how, how does how does playing in your family life go? I mean, what uh, there's there's got to be a little bit of give and take, especially your wife. I'm sure she probably puts up with a lot of stuff and has to be super mom and, and she has to and always kept full-time job at vanderbilt you know really and, yeah okay. and uh it's been tough a lot of years especially those pregnancy years but oh yeah but yeah my wife's a trooper but it's funny because when i was you know as we didn't get married till we were 30 but in my 20s you know i thought Man, I'm going a lot. Like, I need somebody that doesn't really need me around. You yeah. know, I mean, I really need to find someone that's independent and doesn't need me around. Sure. And thank God he sent me someone that, um, funny enough, I met her at Legends Corner, you know, and and it's funny how we met because I met her through an ex girlfriend who was bringing me a CD. She was a singer of a CD I had played on because she had gotten her CDs done mm-hmm. and they were working together. And yeah. she brought her and I go, Hey, what's up with your friend? She's like, <laughs> Well, they were, she was married at the time. Yeah. And, I mean, not my wife but her, the friend was like she had yeah. moved on and got oh, married okay, and stuff yeah. and uh i was getting confused I, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was confusing when yeah. I said, not my wife was not married but yeah. but the friend was married and and uh i said uh what's up with your friend she's like oh you guys would never get along we've never <laughs> been apart 
You know, really? So why did she say that? Uh, uh, I mean, because well, I think we were just so opposite. Like, well, she likes nice yeah. guys, so <laughs> we were so we were so opposite, though. You know, and but it, but I think that's what you need. You know, because mm-hmm. she's definitely my strengths where I'm, I'm weak. You know, mm-hmm. so and. uh but she doesn't really need me around. She can do it without me, and that was awesome because I didn't have to worry about were the bills getting paid or was the house being taken care of. And yeah. then when the kids started happening, and luckily my parents, man, such a huge help too when they moved up and because they moved up when Noah was one, so so I could continue to do it. Yeah, because we need someone to watch the kids, and and I know they're being raised in the way that I want them to be raised, you know, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to sweat that like. Who's watching my kids? Yeah. yeah, you know, so it allowed me to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do. So it's definitely taken a whole village to to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. and that's why now I really feel like at forty four, uh, you know, it's cool to be home and take some of that relief off them. Where mom's like, I know she's thankful on days where I go, I don't need you today. Yeah, you know, and she's like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know, she can have her own time. You know, yeah. So. Did, does your wife ever get tired of you now? Today oh. being home so much. Oh yeah. Do, do, do yeah. you ever get that look where you're thinking in her? Oh yeah. She's oh going, she'll say that. She's, she's like, go. can you she's go like, get a game? Get, get she'll on go, the road. She'll go, when are you going on the road again? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but it was weird this year when the Big Daddy Weave thing came up because it was a transition because I had been home. Yeah. It was a like figuring out the kids and yeah. everything. Yeah. It was a it was quite a quite a transition to figure it out to be able to do it. You yeah. know yeah. so. So in the future, I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I'm open to whatever God sends my way, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the right opportunity, I'll know it when it happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going to say I won't ever go on the road again, but that's today. I would say I won't, but I don't know that. Well, you know. So here's a question. Uh, so you've done a lot in the country arena. And now you've done a little bit now in more of the CCM or the contemporary Christian. Is there room for you to do more of that in the future, you think? Because I, I would if it yeah. presents itself, for sure, you know. And, uh, you know, I've played on a lot of those recordings, too, and stuff, which is kind of wild because uh, I have a friend that produced a lot of that stuff, and I've done a lot of that stuff over the years, too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but just never had the touring opportunity, so that was kind of cool to, to get to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm totally open to that. Because you know, totally it do. seems like it might be a, a a better fit for you today, and I'm just guessing, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it was like what I did before, for sure, mm-hmm. you know. But again, you just have to be the right opportunity. Who, yeah. who knows, you know? And I'm open to whatever. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's wind this down. And the last topic I want to talk about is old cars. Yeah, talk to me about that. What's do you have any favorites? Yeah, so there's a whole there's a whole story, long story with that. But uh, my uncle he uh, had uh, bought a uh, car in 2008 at the Mecham Auto Auction, a '57 Chevy Bel Air convertible, it's resto mod. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With an LS1 in it. it's 553 horsepower. You know, supercharger. It's incredible. And then he passed away. He had moved. He had moved to Franklin and passed away six months after he moved. Funny enough, he had bought a house and bought a house across the street because it had a garage, really? and he just kept the car over there. Then he ended up moving across the street, and he was only here six months and had bought two houses, you know. And and so, um, we got we got ownership of the car for a couple of years. It's at it's at my other uncle's house now down in Alabama. But oh, okay, but it is a quite spectacular is it convertible. Really? Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, it's. It's been cool to have that thing around. So, but yeah, I do love cars, and uh, I was one of those lowrider kids. 
lowered the blazer and did all that you stuff. really oh, yeah man mm-hmm. yeah I'd, for a long time man i i love i love that stuff man cars and Never been a motorcycle guy. I like looking at them, but I'm not a motorcycle guy. But like, man, so you were a low man. rider that liked to skateboard, and you played chicken picking on on country albums. Go figure, man. You're a weird kid. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Musicians aren't normal, are they? Yeah. yeah, they're not normal. So that's why we do what we do, I guess. Yeah. You know. So do you do you like do you have a collection yourself right now, or is it just things you're just into it? You like working on them, or are you just no, like, driving I just, them fast? Yeah, I just like fast cars. You know, Dude, I don't you know have one. Car I would love to buy. I just always wanted was remember Nissan 300ZX Turbo. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just would love to go back out there and see if you can find one at a. You know, a I'm sure decent you can. price. Yeah. I'm sure there. Man, they just. Yeah. I just. There was something about that car. I just thought was. Some, I wanted one. Somebody might give you one now. Shout out. <laughs> There's a good idea. Yeah. Hey, if yeah. you're gonna give us mic stands, they yeah. might as well give so us. So we can have a right. yeah, 350, uh, 350. Uh, all right, not the 350. The Nissan 300. 300. 300. Yeah. The 350 was the newer one. It didn't look to look mm. as good in my opinion. So. Yeah, I just keep driving my old 400, man. 2004 Forerunner, almost 200,000 miles, best, and though, it is killer. I yeah. love it. Every day I get in it, I'm happy when I drive it. Yeah. Every day, I'm yeah. like, no, they're it just keeps vehicles. rolling, man. Yep. I love that thing. You can probably so. still sell. You can probably sell that car for like twenty grand. No, not that. Uh, probably not. Yeah. That's an exaggeration, but they but retain their value. Like if you go I mean, try to find anything that's if even oh, yeah. ten years old, they're they're very expensive. Very expensive. So. But I saw that somebody there's a shirt the other day, and it says, "I bought a Toyota as an investment." Because uh-huh. they last so long, yeah. you know, and yeah, and we have two of them. That's what my wife has too, Ben. And uh, I will say they've been good cars. Yeah, so yeah. that's killer, man. Good All right, did, anything that we didn't bring up that you yeah. want to talk about? Anything yeah. you got going on that uh, you want to share with us? Or open for lessons? Hit me up. Wait, you we know? go to well, JasonJordan.com. No, just hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Well, well tell just everybody, name, yeah. T- yeah, tell yeah. everybody how to contact. Yeah, you, you can just, out to yeah, you. you can just hit me up on uh, Facebook or um, Instagram. You know, it's just Jason Jordan. What I'll about your YouTube channel? Yeah, it's Blazing Guitar. Blazing Guitar. Okay. Yeah, B L A Z E N G T R. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Blazing oh, well. Guitar. Always posting lessons and stuff on there. Some so. cool stuff on there. Yeah, we're. It's a little fast for me. Like I said, as a drummer, man, it's just like over my head. <laughs> I told, one guy told me, he's like, I was posting them like every, for a minute I tried to post them every week or something. He goes, man, could you space those out a little more? I'm still working on the first one. And I was like <laughs> 10 deep. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I started like a little more randomly yeah. putting them out there, you know. But but it did seem like he got a good response. People were seeming to dig it. You know, I tried yeah. to keep it to a minute, yeah, you man. know, and just no, try to perfect. show you something, a little thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And useful stuff, too, not some stuff that people put stuff out there and you go what well, i'm gonna Just do that off, yeah it's know? like i'm gonna do that i was trying to show you useful stuff that you yeah. can put on your gig this weekend yeah like yeah. learn it on monday and saturday you go play your gig and you do it yeah because you know? yeah, yeah, that's man. that's the stuff you need okay yeah. and that's why i've always said about teaching guitar like i try to teach people to play the guitar like not i mean we can learn theory and all this stuff later but like you got to get them playing something quick because yeah. you want to keep the interest you want to keep them going so like yeah let's teach them brown eyed girl and let's teach them sweet home alabama let's keep those songs going then we can build upon that and say well why are you playing these chords together why do these chords go together mm-hmm. then you can dissect it you know yeah. once you figure out the interest and and i mean my plans work pretty good i've got plows playing big gigs so it's worked pretty good yeah, man. you know yeah, so i mean absolutely. my, my think my theory is working which was passed from dad i mean he taught lessons and that's where i learned it from him and, you know? and your dad is one of the hardest working um I, i'm trying to figure out how to he's a, you know because we're into sales 
Your dad's a salesman, salesman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you know, because I remember him telling me stories of selling insurance, and it just makes me nervous. Oh man, I mean, because yeah. that's real work. Yeah, you know, and it came from his dad because I remember my grandfather. I mean, this was before I was born, but I. They owned a fabric shop, and originally he owned a gas station, and he had the first gas station in the town, you know. And and he, uh, once he was really young, he was uh, had a wagon, and he would drive around and selling like sewing notions, buttons and stuff, door to door. Really, yeah. I mean, that's like in the old school days. I mean, wow. he was driving around a wagon, you know, and with a horse, going to people's house and selling them like. Zippers and stuff, you know, and I guess that's <laughs> man, how they that did it back tough. then. That's like selling uh, Kirby vacuum. But, but he was like man. a great salesman. Was he? And oh, then yeah. he had yeah. he had this store and he did really well with the store. My grandmother had a fabric shop. They ended up with a couple, like they ended up in Huntsville and one in Jacksonville, Alabama. And they they kind of you know had a couple stores and did really well with that and and it sold the gas station and like you know he was a really. It was passed down. I remember my grandfather when I was young. All he would want to do is like show me like like stuff on the calculator. You know, like here, here, like let's do stuff play on the calculator. And it was like fun to work on play on his calculator. And he's like playing store. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and then it still. You know, and then Dad got it, and then I've got it, and then I know my son's got it because he's talking about these shoes. He's like, yeah. "Dad, these shoes are going five hundred bucks. You can just make some money on these." You know, so, <laughs> so I see I see it going on down to the next generation. Yeah. You know, so. Which is cool, yeah. You know, it's cool to see it. Well, yeah. you've got great parents, yeah, man. Yeah, it's been and, uh, it's been cool. I mean, I've been super blessed. I can't couldn't ask for much more, you know. Yeah. yeah. I told my friend yesterday we were chatting about it. He's been on the road for a long time too, and I was like, you know, we came to Nashville and we won. We did exactly what we set out to do. What else could we want to do? You know, it's yeah. like we we wanted to go on the road. We wanted to come here and make a living, and we've done it. Yeah. You know, and we're yeah. still doing it. You so survived. Still doing it. You know, because yeah. a lot of guys don't. You know, and a lot of them are selling their guitars and going back to that's Ohio. Right. That's or wherever right. They're it's, from. it's not all about talent. You know, mm-hmm. it's not all about that. It's all about being able to hang with a lot of us. Hang with people too. You know, and yeah. like you talked about on the bus, you got to get along with people. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot of times you just got to bite your tongue and know when to do it. You yeah. know, yeah, and, that's uh, a big. Deal. That's a big, big part of it. I mean. Yeah. You definitely don't want to come to Nashville with a big ego because it's going to tear you apart pretty quick. Absolutely, you're going to be going home in a year, going, "What happened?" You know? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. There's always a guy better, younger, faster, better looking, stronger. You know? It's yeah. going to. It's just like it's just like an athlete. You know? Yep. So. All right, Nate. Yeah, man, well, We're, dude, I'm good. You yeah, good? man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, obviously, for go me. check out obviously on Facebook or yeah. Instagram. Check out his uh, YouTube. So it's channel. Blazing Guitar. Guitars. Spell it. It's, it's B, B L A Z E N G T R. Yeah. Okay. G T R. Check your YouTube yeah. channel. Right. Yeah. 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 Man, we appreciate it, oh, and man, of course, man, me. we love feedback to uh, the Music Retail Show at gmail.com. We'd love if you have a question for Jason. You can obviously ask us, but or you can go straight to him. But man, we appreciate it, and. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Man, we'd love check to have you his, back. Check out his playing. He's a smoking player and yeah. a good Thank guy. You. Thank you. Own a music store or sell guitars online? Need more inventory to stay competitive in today's market? MIRC is the nation's largest wholesaler of quality used guitars. Visit www.mircweb.com to become a dealer today. Thanks for listening to the Music Retail Show.